Alright, man, you ready? I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Alright, perfect. Well, you're back in the zone, the away team here on FreshBasketball.com. My name is Phil Boileau. My partner's name is James Holis. We got a lot on tap tonight. A lot of uh, good news, a bunch of sad news in the NBA. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But first, our inaugural uh, part of this show, which uh, we've, we started a couple shows off before, but I've... I, I've put a little title to it. Hey, I, hey, real quick, real quick, Phil. I think, I think, it, I guess, I, I know we talked about it before the show, how we're going to do it, but I guess we'd be really remiss to not start the show off with it, I think. What do you think? Um, I agree. Today was, yeah, sad news, uh, the, the, the the passing of Craig Sager, um, the long life, like the, the lifetime NBA uh, personality, and, uh, you know, he's, all the big games, all the big moments. He's known for the outlandish suits and the outlandish personality. All the players loved him, and it's a sad day in the NBA. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's been one of those days that the entire NBA is kind of looking over, and uh, I mean, we're seeing Sager strong all over between the uh, what the players are wearing, between what the commentators are talking about. Uh, I, I don't remember the last time in history, or not in history, but like, what was the last event uh, that you remember that got the, the NBA united on this type of front? Um, I mean, it, you know, the NBA is like a family amongst itself. And as fans, we, we are adjacent part of the family. And he kind of brought it all together. You know what I mean? He was like the uncle that everybody loved, always had a smile and a joke. Um, he just, he did it. So I, I can't think of the last time. But uh, uh, maybe when, you know, uh, sadly to bring up another another loss when Stuart Scott passed. Oh, man. But he was a more of a, yeah, he wasn't just an NBA thing. And neither is, you know, neither is, is uh, Mr. Sager. So, yeah. It's a sad, it's a sad day and uh he he uh he battled uh a long battle with cancer and he he uh he was 65 so <clears throat> Yeah, no. Uh, uh, it's been a yes. tough year for that. Uh we've lost a lot of big ones. Well, I just wanted to say uh you know to his family and to his friends who uh who always miss him so uh, you know uh, our condolences to everybody so. Absolutely. But you know what he uh he lived with a passion for the game so uh uh, uh, we've got to bring that on and show uh, our respects in words, but not only that, but actions. And, uh, and, and it's a bit of a tough time, obviously, for all, but uh, um, we got to learn to enjoy this game again the way uh, he showed us to enjoy every day. Uh, sure. So, so yeah, let's switch gears a little bit. And um, there are there is some NBA to talk about. Uh, like uh, The Rockets, after a, a, this has been a strange saga, after months long of, uh, of back and forth with uh, Montiunis, um, he signed an offer sheet with the Nets. The Rockets matched it. He went there and he skipped his physical. And then today they just released him. He, he he's a free agent. Yeah. What do you think about this, man? Have you ever heard anything like this? It, not really, because I'm not even understanding why the whole situation's happening. It's kind of like like they want to bring this guy to the prom, but he doesn't want to go with them. And so he's kind of trying to convince them any which way. Like, he was a restricted free agent. They're like, oh, we're going to match this money. It was kind of obvious, like, he didn't want to go the whole time. And I mean, at the same time, they tried to trade him last year. They traded him to Detroit for a first, but they failed the physical, so obviously it got rescinded. So it seems like one of those things that neither of them really want each other. 
But I feel like they knew they had some value there on some level talent-wise, and they knew it was a good contract, so they were trying to make it work. My problem with this is two things. Uh, well, one problem, one's a good thing. One is that uh, I know that we the, we give Daryl Morey all the props, and deservedly so. He's built a quality team, and this year they look better than anybody. I thought it would be great. He's always treated players very much as assets, not people, and it showed – you know, he just kept churning through players, players, and he finally got hard, and then he's churned some more, and he ended up with what he has now great. Brought Dwight in. Uh, I th- I didn't think he was very respectful to Dwight, the way they treated him towards the end. Whether he deserved it or not, you can feel however personal about Dwight. That would, they kind of they did him wrong. So, um, yeah, I think Maury's a little bit overrated as a coach. Um, and it's, I mean, as a coach, as a GM. But whatever. It, that, just a strange situation. And the plus side to me is that, Players are always the at they're treated as assets, as I said before. Mm-hmm. So one for one to be able to flex his his individualism and flex his 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 power as a player, to be able to say no, I don't want to be here. I, I you know and obviously the Houston thought that he'd probably either cave or just come play. Well, they did something and he got out of there. So kudos to him. Whenever players can come out on top against the uh, the, the the industry, good on. I think them. we're gonna see this more and more and more. I wouldn't even be mad. Uh, what else we got going on right now? Um, oh, Philly. It's is Philly is Philly cursed because uh, Ben Simmons. I mean, before that, before this year, Embiid missed almost you know. This Noel is missed some time. Noel and now Jared Bayless, their free, one of their free agent acquisitions, who's known as. A, I was really looking you know, forward to this boy playing with Ben Simmons. I thought he's a perfect one to compliment Ben Simmons handling the ball. Exactly, man. He's you know he's a he knows how to score. He, he doesn't really run offense, but he's a scorer, and they need to score him for perimeter. And now he's out for the season with a with a wrist. Doesn't really matter. I mean, they're trusting the process one way or another. I mean, like I know we use this sentence over and over again, but let's not pretend that this was a team that were that was trying to contend. It, it, in my mind, this gives some of their younger guys, like some of their draft picks, maybe a few more minutes, and guys like Nick Stauskas or whatever, some minutes. I don't think it moves the needle that much this year because of all the injuries. I just hope he comes back healthy next year. He's still 28 at this point, so he'll still be functional and uh, useful for a couple more. So I think he's going to really help the Sarichs and Simmons on this team. And he's a good veteran, and they need more of those. Yeah, man, it sucks. So, um, and lastly, but not least at all, um, this is this is big good news. This The new CBA... As they, the players' union and the league have come to a tentative agreement, and they're going to sign a new CBA, a new seven-year labor deal. The framework's in place. So all you do is dot the I's, cross the T's. And I didn't know this. You, I want so I'll let you talk about it. Talk about Steph Curry's new contract. So Steph Curry's new contract, and they're kind of talking. I mean, there's obviously a lot that goes into you know what qualifies for what at what point. Uh, but let's not pretend KD is not going to get a big one. But he's he's looking to be able to sign a contract somewhere in the world of five years, two hundred and I heard seven. I heard a couple around there, but basically forty plus million dollars per year. Um, which is massive. I mean, we we saw a huge jump last year in guys like, you know, Mike Conley at 30 per were cashing in. Um, but this is going to make a difference, right? Because the cap is going up, yes, but not to the level that it's going to allow for just a million of these guys. And this is really going to affect a lot of teams. I mean, the Warriors, as they look right now, Yes, they had to give, get rid of a bunch of players to get KD. Next year, they're not going to be able to afford those same players they kept. I mean, already, their big four next year, sign them up, they're over the cap. 
So it looks like Iggy's gone. Looks like Sean Livingston's gone. If they're really playing their hand and having their big four like they want to play, they're going to need a whole lot more Zaza Pachulia's. So basically, we now we know that KD is going to opt out after next season, right? Because I think he signed a two years to opt out after, after one, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that was the so plan the whole time, in. though. Like, like I think that was just his test to kind of see if it was going on. Wow, it's. So I mean, I I I just it's hard for me to get my my mind around forty seven million dollars a year, but my my whole thing is we're not gonna have work stoppage, and you know, um, I guess both the players and the owners will be getting a you know the the, the BRI basketball related income is gonna be more. They're getting a bigger piece. Hey, as long as everybody's happy, man, that's that's what matters. Work stoppage stinks for fans and players alike, and you know the whole NBA world. So. I'm glad they got that taken care of. But if you're looking at the other side of it, just because you're saying everyone's happy, the whole kind of Kevin Love rule that's coming out of it, where teams can maximize and think throw, what was it saying, like a sixth year or something? Or like a, ma- a huge deal, and they can throw way, way more money. It, at- so before they, they could designate only one player, like this is where it's called the Kevin Love rule, because Minnesota inexplicably decided to keep their designated player for Rubio, and they only offered Kevin Love a four-year deal. That's what where they really messed up and they insulted him under this new provision. They can offer two players, the, the, like the designated five player, five year max. So that's going to actually be probably a benefit to golden state, right? Cause they're going to do the same thing for Durant. Um, so yeah. Did they not sign? How many years did Draymond sign for? I, I mean, I know it's after, I thought that was a five year also, but I thought it was a five year, 85 at the time, but I thought he got four. I, I might be wrong, but I'll have to look that one up. But, uh, my point is you're saying everyone's happy and I'm like because I think they're doing this to be able to keep team players in smaller cities like like exactly like you said Kevin Kevin Love rule they want the Minnesotas and the Milwaukee's and all these guys to be able to keep their guys do you think that was something that uh, as we were saying before and I won't harp on this too long we were saying you know we want the players to have the power and all this over the man over this and you know yeah they'll get their money but does this not just you know, kind of dilute the talent. So you're having your Dame Lillard here, you're having your Boogie Cousins here, but but everyone knows it takes, you know, a crop of stars to, to win a ring. Well, I, I, they're, of course, they're trying to uh, they're trying to stop player movement, and they want the, the home team. Well, they want the power advantage. back, right? Because, like, um, after Miami, right, they were because, scared. And then, you know, KD himself, you know, like, if OKC could offer them more, would he stay? Who knows? Probably not. I think that was over. But yeah, so I, I kind of don't like it because I, I like the I like the players that have the power. I don't mind super teams at all. Um, but at the same time, hey, I, I do understand for a team like you know San Antonio or uh, a small you know the small market teams, it, it matters. It matters that they they try to keep a star there. Like um, this is definitely going to help OKC in a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Now they can offer Russ even more money and, and a, a bigger raise. Will that entice him to stay? Um, so yeah, it. it it's my my main thing though no work stoppage yeah no it's a good time for everyone but but speaking of a superstar who it may not be a great time for right now one of our favorite players in the whole game oh man paul george indiana pacers you know what i i I think you're on board with me thinking he's you know definitely probably a top 10 guy two-way player dynamic there's a lot of good a lot of bad what's going on at that team my biggest criticism is I feel the wrong players are ready now, and 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 it's just some weird kind of mumble jumble of talent that doesn't seem to really fit. Um, 
let's be real. We're saying a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. Um, it's it's mostly bad now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking back since November 20th when they beat Oklahoma City by uh, by four in overtime without Paul George. And then, you know, Golden State blew him out. So let me see. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have seven losses. And like six, like five wins. There's other five and seven over that last 12 games. And they've had some really embarrassing losses. Bad loss to Miami last night. Bad loss to, tonight to New Orleans. And they should not be losing it, to Miami. No. No, they shouldn't. Uh, like, New Orleans is understandable. They, they look a lot better since Drew Holiday got back. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's yeah. – it's um. so, my thing is, Paul George made some comments earlier this season – uh, right before he got hurt and he missed a few games, but he made some comments and it just sounds like he's just not very happy. And even watching him play, you know, we try to we rebuy the language. He didn't seem very happy on the court either. So, um, what does this mean, man? Well, this, there's two ways to go with this because me, when I'm looking at a contender, I mean, uh, the first thing that screams to me is another thing. I think we both agree on that the George Hill trade is just like. Not only is it very obvious at the point guard position, but it's showing how much he covered for Mont Ellis. We're seeing a like a really low version of Ellis right now. Maybe it's age, maybe it's the way the game's going, who knows? But and the second part is they needed, you know, a second guy for Paul George. Can't do it alone. And Miles Turner, as much as I like him and, and the league likes him, he he's a couple years away. I mean, he was showing flashes, but He's not there yet, and guys like Al Jefferson aren't, you know, the modern NBA big. Guys like Thaddeus Young, as much as I like him, and I think he's a great piece on a, he could be a great piece on a contending team, but he shouldn't be a top two player for you. And they're just missing that second guy. And my my worry is that Indiana may not be the city that gets a free agent to go there as much as for sure. as much as I'd like, you know, someone to play with Paul George, and I think. Turner is the closest that'll get there and I think he's still two three years away and you're wanting to maximize on Paul George right now walking into his prime so so what you what do you what are you thinking right now what are you saying what are you saying what's the outlook oh I can kind of see it one of two ways I either see that you because I I think staying the course is foolish um I think it's one of those teams that doesn't have enough upside right now and I think Paul George is either you either want to swing for the fences in a kind of you know Let's go get Boogie Cousins and trade the pro, the the promise of Turner and some other guys, or you go the other way and you say we're going to build around Turner and something. And let's maximize what Paul George is to right now. And we all know in the league where big wings who are capable of ball handling and such and you know have so much value. I, I even think he can play some point guard. I mean, uh, we're seeing around the league some some bigs bringing up the ball, including James Johnson in the aforementioned Miami Heat starting to play a little bit of point guard. I'm not saying it's a great idea, but I think Paul George could do that. And in the modern NBA, he'd, he'd fetch most anything. Like, like there's a small handful of players that you wouldn't get for Paul George. You know, like, if like if you, as an example, like, I don't know they do this, but if you call up Cleveland, we were talking about Kevin Love before, you say, I want Kevin Love and that rookie uh, Turkish guy there, the 21-year-old, is supposed to be real good. You know, like, like I think Cleveland does that every time. Right. And okay, I guess I guess here's the problem. Um, so you're saying if they decided they want Kevin Love, that you said? As an example, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna let you off the hook. I'm not gonna fry you for that example because that was a horrible example. Because <laughs> you're you're gonna get yeah you're you're getting like a little bit older and a little bit slower. So you're not. What are you really doing? 
Well, I get what you're saying. Uh, right now, Paul George, uh, his his stock, it's I think it's going to get higher because I think he's just going to get better. And the fact is, I mean, well, yeah, he's under contract till 2019. So it's nice. If you trade him now, you got plenty of room. And so whoever's trading for him has him under contract for a good couple of years. I get it. You just said it earlier, though. Indiana's not a free agent draw, right? So anything they get is going to be homegrown. Paul George is homegrown. Miles Turner is homegrown. But if you get a bunch you of move. young guys who you can, who you know are going to be a restricted free agent, like yeah, but guess what? OKC did the same thing with Harden and how those young guys pan out. There's no guarantee. Bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? I know what you, you don't mean, want but to, the thing is, there's a big you difference. Tra- you don't want to trade him and get Perry, get Perry Jones a third, and get Jerry Lamb. I mean, like, who, like give me an example. Where are you going to move him for 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 multiple young guys? Um, I'm calling Minnesota. I want uh, Rubio and Levine. I, I I sorry sorry uh, Levine and Wiggins my bad. Uh, you're not and that's that they're gonna they're gonna hang up on you. You're not gonna get them. Uh, uh, you know all right, maybe it? not both, but let's say uh, Dunn and Wiggins then. Right, like like all I'm saying is that there is, there are combinations like that. I, I'm saying Minnesota because a they have a, a plethora of of young uh, talent and you know that they want to start winning a little bit sooner. And I'm looking at Paul George match him with the Carl Anthony Towns. That becomes, and you still keep, you know, Levine or Wiggins. You still keep Rubio or Dunn. You still have Diang, and that becomes a destructive team. And so okay. th- they can kind of overload on that. You do the same deal. Um, you can make something work. Maybe Gordon Hayward, you know, kind of thing. Maybe. Uh, I mean, what? What? That, 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 I mean. I, again, Gordon Hayward's not like that much younger than Paul George. I think they're the same age. So I mean, what do you what do you? They're do, the same you, age, you, but the thing is, for? I I think you could pull more than Gordon Hayward. I think you can go there and pull Exum and Lyles on top of it, kind of thing. No, no, no. See, I think, I, yeah. All I'm saying is that I think that they have to do like I don't think they can stand Pat. I don't think a a minor addition's gonna really move the needle. I, that backcourt really, really bothers me in Indiana. Um, well, see, and that's my whole point. You're talking about these, these deals you're talking about for Paul George are, are kind of spinning their wheels in because they're more lateral moves. If you move him for, you know, even if you get Exum out of, not Exum, uh, Trey Lyles and Gordon Hayward, I mean, what what does that make Indiana? Are they that much better? No, of course not. Well, it's playing for you the know, future I, a bit more, right? Because, like, if you look, like, like who are your young studs on that team? You, you've got Turner. I mean, I, I look, we, we both love Paul George, but Paul George needs to win pretty now. Like, he's, like, 26, 27. Like, he's getting into that point where he's going to want to compete for championships. Miles Turner is a couple I years get, off I get, I get, I get what you're saying, man. It's just that – so, and you're absolutely right. The main point, tell me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is Indiana's straddling this fence between, okay – we changed our whole style up. We're trying to do this, and we have Miles Turner, but then we have Paul George's prime, and the pieces they have in between them aren't going to say, "All right, we're going to win now," while we get better with Miles Turner. Exactly. So, what do you do? Um, again, I just don't. My, or, or you do my first like suggestion, Indian... and, and and you call a team like Sacramento or someone, and you and you say, you know what, you guys are rebuilding. You can take on the the promise and the non headaches. Of Miles Turner, you can roll the dice if you really think Boogie's leaving, and then you put Boogie and Paul George, and you risk that. But at least you have the talent to be in the conversation at that point. Well, and that's the thing they they don't they don't have the pieces for Boogie, man. They got Miles, and who else? 
Yeah, I mean, they just don't. I, I, and, and it's great in theory, but they just, they just don't have the pieces. I mean, like any trade for Boogie that's not going to be like a superstar is going to be predicated on San Sacramento saying, you know what, we don't want to deal with whatever headache they feel they have. He's not going to resign. Let's maximize now, so we're not selling on a last year contract. You know what I mean? So as a franchise, again, Sacramento is not a team that tons of free agents are going to go to. So you need to grow your talent. So you need to trade them for young players. I agree. Turner's probably not enough. And, you know, guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. or whatever, like, or, you know, they're. I mean, so let's, let's talk then. Like, what if, let's say a team like, oh, I don't know, Boston offers up uh, Jalen Brown and one of those picks and either Avery Bradley or or Crowder, or hell, even they say Jalen Brown. Uh, no, that's fine right there because they they got Teague, so they're not they're not gonna want uh, they're not gonna want Isaiah Thomas. But yeah, so Jalen Brown and Avery Bradley, or you know Crowder, and one of those. I don't know if I need a, Crowder a, too, a, but yeah. Because uh, Crowder's another yeah, one I, of those I, like like he wants to win now modes, right? So I think well, any that's that's my whole thing. Like if you're talking about moving these players. Like, you know, kind of lateral players, they're all going to be the kind of same. They're, they're, they don't want to go to a rebuilding situation. You know what I'm saying? Every Bradley the same way. Every Bradley's not some spring chicken. No, but, like, Brown and those picks are. Like, if you had said, like, Jalen Brown and the two first-round picks, like, like that's tough to swallow for Indiana, as I'm saying, and I'm like, garbage. Like, like, like that very much has that Perry Jones feel. But um, uh, all, all I'm saying is I'm sure there's a team that could use Paul George that you could acquire more because, it, like, there, there's two ways to look at it. Either I have the assets, I'm Indiana – to get that guy to work with Paul George, which you and I kind of said we don't, or, and if you're not getting a free agent, then you have to trade Paul George for, you know, a king's ransom of really, really young guys who aren't ready to win now, and you're just going to a team that does want to win now. And just Well, I, I'll admit I came on, uh, you know, you mentioned this to me, and I came on, I was all prepared to say how stupid the whole idea was because I think, you know, like you said, Paul George to me is a top you know, maybe eight, seven player yep. when he's re- when he's rolling, um, and he looks really unhappy. But uh, again, just because your star player is unhappy, I think the onus is on ownership to to make him happy before they move him. You know, so my 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 only worry concern is that Larry, Larry Bird Larry Bird has made a, a a very clear line this line line in the sand about how far he's going to go to accommodate Paul George. You know what I mean? Last year it was, well, he's going to play power forward because we tell him to. But there's a big difference. You know? But there's a big difference between what you say you're going to do and what you can actually do. Like, it's really easy to say, like, I want to win championships. I want to do this. But you have to do this. And as a GM, I don't think he's shown that he can flesh out that roster in a way it's going to take to fulfill Paul George's value as an Indiana Pacer. But, you know, in the background, I'm hearing the buzzer there. We're at the end of the first half here. So we're going to catch you guys on the second half. Uh, we have a kind of an interesting uh, bit coming up about contenders in the NBA, contending, pretending. We'll let James describe that one. Well, hey, I just want to say this before the halftime as I go into the tunnel. Uh, make sure you guys yell at him on Twitter, Indiana fans. That's uh, at Sporting Phil. I'm not suggesting cha- trading Paul George, I am. the native son. So make sure you guys yell at him. At and Sporting him. Phil. Bring the love, bring the hate. It's all fun. Catch you on the other side. Ha-ha! Halftime. <laughs> what you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? The away team? And the away team? 
So guys, that's your weight. And welcome back to the second half of the Away Team podcast. Horrible name. I'm gonna fight till the day I die. Till the day I die. Um, so this this half we're gonna, you know, I'm looking at the contenders. We all, everyone said the same thing all summer. Oh, it's gonna be going to stay, it's gonna be Cleveland, it's gonna be going to stay Cleveland. And so far, neither has done much to dissuade us, but I think everyone's maybe a little bit underwhelmed with Golden State right now. And um, we know even before Cleveland rested all their players and lost to to uh, Memphis, they went through a little rough stretch and got their heads beaten by the uh, by the Clippers and lost to Milwaukee. So both teams, we know, I think at the end of the season, going to be there. But right now, they're looking a little not even shaky. Just there's a glimmer of hope for other teams. So Phil, you ready for this? I'm born ready, brother. This is what we're going to do. We're going to play the contender index. All right, so it's not just black and white. We can't just say, "All right, these two teams are gonna be in the finals. That's it. Wash your hands of it. See how it goes." Other teams are still in, in effect, and they affect the game. And just we could say they have a little chance, but they have a chance. Let's see how much of a chance they have. Mm-hmm. So, when you hear the name Golden State Warriors, Phil, I want you to tell me what is this team? That, what, what about this team that you see makes you think they are going to win a championship? Uh, the fact that they have chemistry, like I don't think I've seen on many teams, uh, they can literally score from any point. They can all hit their free throws. They can throw so and they pass the ball. They always take the right shot. I mean, it's kind of like what we've been saying about the Spurs for years on steroids, except for obviously on the defensive end on, and, and we're seeing arguably the best version of KD we've ever seen. And they're and they're just rolling. I mean, no one when these guys are hitting can score with this team. So let me re, let me hit you with this rebuttal though. The other night Utah came in the building, no Gordon Hayward, no George Hill, no Derek Favors, and they were getting blown out by Golden State. And the final score, I think Golden State won by like seven. Oh, that was that game. Um, uh, that was that game where basically uh, Utah played them up second half and about even in the second quarter. Right, and so we've seen this. Not this is not the first team to do that. I think they had the same thing with the Suns. They went up big by the, on the Suns early. Suns battled back and made a game of it where Steph Curry was in the game at the end of the game, him and KD. So this is my rebuttal. Uh, they lost 14 feet of defense. Uh, we we all you know kind of. I think everyone said they're going to miss Bogut and Zilly, but and it's true they got Kevin Durant. Does it really matter? No, it's a fair trade off. It's more than fair. But we are seeing that they are missing that rim protection behind them. And they seem like the last three years, they've been, uh, I think they were one, third, and fourth in defensive rating. This year, they're ninth. Not the end of the world, but it, I mean, it matters. It means something. The last 10 games, I was just looking today, and they are like sixth, or, I think fourth, fourth or fifth in offensive rating, and they're like 12th in defensive rating. So it, it's, it's, sure, they're still great, of course. My only thing is, can they find that level that they need to play a team like Cleveland in the finals and beat them four out of seven games? I mean, I I, I think what we're kind of saying, or or maybe I'm just uh, paraphrasing for you, is that they basically need to have three guys, not just two, because we saw that almost lose to Utah, who have to be on every game. They don't have the depth, so it almost means that two of their guys, three of their guys have to be on, and... 
and the realistic part is when it's only two, they have a good chance of losing because that means a lot of people are not contributing on the offensive end. And it really doesn't matter if Katie and Steph both score 30-35. That's only 70, 60 to 70 points, right? You still need to make up the rest. And, and, and any team worth their lick is going to give you at least 85. So I just don't think that – so I, I don't – JaVale's not the answer. Uh, we all know Zaza's that. Uh, I, don't, not. I don't think Zaza's not the answer. So I think – they're, they're, they're on a mission this season to find some help on the interior. They don't need somebody to really replace Bogut and, and Azili, but they need somebody who can at least, for stretches, approximate what those guys do. So there's no real there's no real weakness there for the simple fact they got so much firepower on offense. But if I want to if I want to ding them for anything, it is their defensive focus is a little off, and they have they go through droughts of scoring. I'm watching them go through scoring droughts. They might have huge first halves, but then they it's the weirdest thing with Kevin Durant. Uh, Clay Thompson and well, and you know Charles and, Barkley's and, laughing the whole time when that happens, right? Saying so, you know, right, jump shooting teams can't win because they already won a championship. So Barkley just needs it. He's so weird with that. <laughs> I, I hate that. So um, so uh, so on a scale of one to ten, what's their what is their contending in- index to you? Uh, now, when we're saying contending, are we saying for a, like 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 chances what, of them so, win, winning the ring or getting the finals? Winning the ring. Uh. I'm a big Cleveland guy, so I'm going to say – I'll say eight only because we're talking about not just two teams. <laughs> you chicken out from six. I know, I know. you. Oh, it's, it's like you got this mind reader. It's just – I don't know. Um, I heard the, I heard this when you, you chicken out. So I'm I'm actually going to go – I'm going to go nine. I get it. Uh, there's a lot that's going to change between now and the season, but if they're healthy, I, I look at just the, the talent of Steph and KD – and uh, and Clay and Dre and think as good as Cleveland is, those four guys are gonna make life hell for anybody. So I, I'm, I'm gonna give them a, a nine on the contending index. Next up is gonna be Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, at, the rest fiasco aside, we know that how good they really all look together. I think Kevin Love looks a lot a lot more comfortable this year, and he's playing almost like Minnesota Kevin Love right now. Mm-hmm. What? What do you see that tells you this team is going to be in the finals and they can win the championship? I mean, uh, again, like Golden State, uh, their incredible ability to score. But unlike Golden State, I think they can play the half court a bit better. Um, they're incredibly deep. I mean, we're talking about everything against Golden State in terms of their bench they had to give up. Uh, they, uh, Cleveland's just been adding, adding, and adding. Uh, the, and, and continuity. Um, I think this team's been together. They like each other. They're on the same page. And there's not that, you know... I mean, what, uh, their biggest kryptonite is maybe JR not showing up in the finals? I mean, I, I think there's a lot less negative negative potential than, than uh, with Green and Clay still in Golden State. Um, I guess you're, you're saying that's not a big deal. I, my problem is that JR Smith is a big part of what they do. So oh, I think him it's massive, absolutely. Is a, is a, but... it's, a, it's a huge deal if he didn't show up, and he's such a high-variance player that, that that would concern me. Um, I... A lot like Golden State, I get it. LeBron James has been amazing. He's still amazing. All the talk about him, you know, maybe declining. They have three players averaging 20 points. They have two players averaging 10 rebounds. LeBron's close to eight. I mean, just look up and down the statute. Incredibly efficient. Not just efficient. You know, uh, I think the summer really helped Kyrie. Um, He has a a special bounce in his walk right now. They're going to be filthy, man. So my my only thing with them is going to be health, of course. and they're role players outside of their top three guys. And then uh, Tristan, is uh, he's quietly been having a, a decent season, but they need more from him. 
and Jr. I just don't trust Jr. And uh, you know, backup point guard is going to be a problem. If anything, Shumpert's Kyrie been playing nice trouble. though. He's been a 50-40-80 guy for a while. He's a two guard. He's not a backup point guard. Uh, even if they install him at the point, we know he's not really a backup point guard. But if, so if LeBron sits and for some reason Shumpert's out there, it, it doesn't matter, right? Because it's all about LeBron. I still got Liggins in there. Obviously, you have Kyrie. Who we... Oh God. I look. I know what you're saying. I like their bench. I like the guys they're bringing on. Um, I think they could use another shot blocker, to be honest, but I like who they bring on. And I think they're yeah, still so the favorites. I, so, on the contending, on the contending index, what you nine. give them? So, you give them a nine and Golden State to the eight. Yeah. And the only reason I'm not picking 10 is because I think one of their major assets, uh, Kevin Love, I still have to see him be able to dominate on some levels versus golden state because like for me i take points away only because as good as a one-on-one defensive player he is with a lot of more stationary players and i think he'll be well, massively when they play golden state i mean he, he he he's gonna they're gonna put him out there but i mean golden state might play him off the floor now they have kevin love and they got a kevin durant and that's my right? point and were... he's one of their big three look with all these big three and this is gonna become a recurring theme can you keep your guys on the floor we shall see. I give them an eight um, on the strength of LeBron James. And that, it, to me, it all boils down to LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Kyrie's going to play well off him. Love's going to play well off him. But if LeBron's out there doing his, you know, his 30-10-10 thing, there's not much. Anyway. Even Drake, he's not stopping LeBron. Kevin Durant's not stopping LeBron once he gets rolling. So he's he's the, he's that ultimate uh, cheat code. So Best player in the him, league, bar, bar none, since he started. Straight, strong eight. No, not since he started. Since 2006, he took over the best player in the league. 2007. 2007, when he, when he went to the finals. Yeah. Okay, so people don't understand this, but Toronto's been on a tear. Um, I think the last 10 or 12 games, they've actually, they're actually leading the league in offensive rating mm-hmm. um, at some ungodly number, like 120 uh, points per 100 possession. Yeah. Uh, while Golden State's, you know, I think for the season, Golden State's at, this is compelling radio. I'm looking up numbers while we talk. Um, yeah, whatever it is for for, for yeah. the season, Golden State's like a one eleven. Right now, Toronto for the last yeah, Toronto actually for the season actually is leading at, at, per ESPN mm-hmm. one hundred fifteen uh, points per hundred possession. They're at like an all time record for efficiency. It's ridiculous. So, can they maintain that level of play? And how do you see them possibly toppling Cleveland? And then if they topple Cleveland. How you see them faring against Golden State in the finals? Um, I think them not having a legit superstar is going to be their undoing. I like uh, Lowry and Demar. Probably Demar a little bit less. Uh, actually, a lot less in my books. I think Lowry's quite a bit better. Uh, there's some weird numbers about you know Demar on and off the court. How their plus minus really dips. Um, he has much. I mean, uh, Lowry has more of an effect that way. And Jonas, uh, or Jonas, I don't think they incorporate him enough. I think he's a, he's a weird fit there. And, and you know what? Their guys are hitting, but we've all seen Terrence Ross go cold. But they have a great bench. We were talking about depth in the playoffs. The two teams that kill it with depth are Toronto and Cleveland. I think I, I think Toronto can. What chance do you give the Raptors? What chance do you give the Raptors of beating Cleveland if they meet it? Both of them healthy. 35-40%. series. Wow. Holy crap. All right, well, 
uh, Cleveland fans, that's at Sporting Phil. Make sure you yell at him too. <laughs> uh, I get, I go a lot lower because again, they have no one to deal with LeBron James. I just think I, they have it, no, no. Well, uh, look, I mean, obviously LeBron James, the cheat code for everything. I, I just think there is a certain kind of con- continuity Cinderella feel to this Toronto team this year that I think could win them a few more. But I still think 35. I mean, look, if you look at how many games they took from them last playoffs, like 35 is not that off. That's pretty because again, I once once Cleveland gets serious and says, "All right, it's time to win," they're going to win. That, that's my thing. So um, I've been calling Cleveland to win the whole thing the whole time. I'm just saying in that particular context. That's that's a lot. That's a high percentage you gave them. So contending in that. So what's their fatal flaw? Fatal flaw: lack of a of the best player on the floor. They, every every team they're going to play. It, when it matters, they're not going to have the best player on the floor. Hmm. Every time, no, not every team. Okay, well that's fair because they're playing in the garbage East. But I mean, like of all the player of all the teams we're talking about right now, and and let's be fair, most of them are going to be in the West. They do not have the best player on the floor. That's fair. All right. Um. Yeah, I think they're fatal. I I just don't think what they're doing right now is sustainable. This, they, they've they've caught lightning in a bottle, and I I. I Right, let's let's keep our fingers crossed for them that it is because they'd be a nice. Maybe they board. caught it too soon. It, that's it's December and they're playing peak right now yeah. and they they shouldn't be. That's the, that's the problem. They shouldn't be playing this well right now because the the goal is not to be playing well in December. It's playing well in April, May, and June. So um, if they can maintain this level, hey, more power to them. Mm-hmm. More, more power to them. I just I don't know, man. I don't see it. And there, if you're gonna ask me that index, I got like a six, maybe, to be nice. I actually think of all the teams to who who can beat Golden State to, to go on your per- first thing. I think Go- Cleveland's the first best chance. Second is actually maybe Toronto, because like I think that like their pace, they can play both sides real well, and they can punish inside. Okay. I'll tell you who this has the best chance, but that's that's my time later. So we'll pick it up a little bit here. Uh, the Clippers. Um, all the talk about the best team numbers show that maybe the, the you know half of the season so far they've been kind of meh, kind of subpar. I think uh, I don't remember. I think I looked up there like twenty first in defensive rating over the last thirteen games or something. What what do you see from them that says they can actually make it to the finals? We'll just say final for them. Well, I mean, look, anytime you have one of a top probably three power forward and a top three point guard. And a great coach, and you, and and look, this year they finally have have depth. Um, I think that and a little bit of luck. I think the top tier is not as strong as it was in the West. It's kind of like there's a lot of talent in the same world. Like, but um, I think, but the thing is, what just worries me is we saw them play Golden State, and it just looked bad. Like, if they can fix that and punish them inside, maybe. Like, look, the uh, the argument I gave against Toronto uh, giving to them but I still think they're a bunch of chokers they've got the top end talent I just don't believe in them in the playoffs dude hey the hater show was last week man you're bringing it right now I'm not gonna call them chokers um I just again I was giving some other teams some props there I I, I gave Toronto 35 40 percent so that's love I hate pounding this drum man but when your best player is five six foot one um, and you know, have to exert himself 100% to to touch the rim. It's it's not going to end well for you. And uh, once they run up against Golden State, when uh, they go to that nuclear death lineup now with KD at the center, 
it's it's going to be ugly, I think. So I get it. Uh, Chris Paul is great. Blake Griffin is great. I think that team kind of just stagnated. I think Doc Rivers himself said it. Says uh, every roster has a shelf life. I think this this is the year where they reach their shelf life. Yep. So, what do you give them? Four. What's, what's the four factor? or five? Four or five. Somewhere in there. I give them like a. I give them like a three and a half. Yeah, yeah Clippers fans, get mad. I, give them I was just giving mood because uh, I'm kind of a nice guy that way. Yeah, I just can't. Uh... Okay, Spurs. Kawhi Leonard's been awesome. Um, even though. Even though oddly enough, defensively, he uh, he's been their team's better when he sits on the bench as far as the net rating. So we we're, we're gonna just call that noise because we know he's a great defender. Something about it's just a, that's just a, a unique, weird little glitch in the system. I'm not gonna say anything about that. But um, they still depend on jar, jump shooting. Lamarcus Aldridge, David West is a rotation. Not David West. David Lee is a rotation player. The corpse of David Lee is actually been reanimated. Um, <laughs> I just I don't know, man. I, I I'm not feeling really great about them. Convince me that they can make the finals. I, as long as they don't have to play Golden State, I think they can walk with anybody. I mean, they don't really have a ton of rim protection, like you said. But I think between Powell and Aldridge, you get enough interior scoring. I mean, um, obviously they have a ton of shooters on that team, and they play good basketball. They play smart basketball. You like we're we're talking about superstars. Well, they have Kawhi and they have Pop. I know he's a coach, but I think that matters, and I think. They beat teams that don't deserve to be there. I think the Spurs are that ultimate litmus test this year. I don't think it's a team that you're really worried about is going to win because of who they have to play against. But I think it's a team that if you're going to have a chance of, of, of winning, you need to be able to beat the Spurs. If you can't or it's close, I don't think you, you should be in the conversation. I think that Spurs mystique has been slowly unraveling the last couple of years um, from losing to the Clippers two years ago. Uh, you know, where all of a sudden Kawhi short-circuited and Tim Duncan just, you know, he put up big numbers and they still lost to the Clippers. To last year, OKC just basically manhandling them. And now Tim Duncan, who's been there, he's been the linchpin of everything they've done for, you know, almost 20 years. And now he's gone and they're making the best of it. They're, they're good. They're a high-quality team. They're always going to be a high-quality team. They miss his shot blocking I, and defense and that anchor they, in the middle. They miss, I think they, not just that, they just miss him. They miss his personality. He was the rock that was the Spurs. And I, I I just see them kind of drifting right now. Even as, as you know, the, the record is stellar. Uh, Kawhi is awesome. They got you know young athlete. I love I love Jonathan Simmons mm-hmm. by the way. Um, Deadman should be starting, and they should you know use pots uh, Powell in spots, but they're not gonna because respect for Powell. I just don't. I feel less. Yeah, I I can't see that. I don't see them contending this year. I think if they're going to contend, it's going to come off a big trade. And I think two guys I would love to see there, although I don't know how it happens, uh, with the recently kind of tanking Mavs. If Andrew Bogut comes back, I think Bogut would be a nice add on that team. And especially if you... I'm uh, sorry? On what team? On what team? Uh, Spurs. Uh, To get a shot blocker in there. Oh, you think they're going to get Bogut. Oh, okay. Him or Tyson Chandler bit older there huh. but i think both of those guys are guys that the teams that they're on are, are going to be willing to move them um and i think it fixes not everything i don't think it really like you know changes the needle but to, for me it fixes the biggest thing uh that they're lacking and that's an interior presence defensively um when we're talking about pow i mean i mean sorry uh duncan leaving that's what screams to oh, me it, it, that's very spurs fans are gonna love you for that i just um I don't think that's enough because I think I think Tony Parker and Manu have lost enough 
where it's it really is going to matter this year. Um, so I, that's what that's what it happens to everybody, right? You know, father time comes for everybody. So what what uh where are they in your index? No trade. Ugh. No trade. As five. Is. Wow. Maybe dude, six. You're, you're loosey goosey with this index. You think they have a wow? That's that's pretty high. That's I think that's pretty high. I think it's the um, NBA. Anything can happen. I think they have the interior guys that they could punish some teams. Like I, I just think they're a low mistake Golden State, team. Golden State makes sure that Powell and, and David West don't stay on the floor. Absolutely, and that's look. This is going to be the continuing theme. Like no team can match up with Golden State in terms of lineups outside of Cleveland, and even then it's tough. But I like we're talking like who could theoretically jump in there. I think all these guys need big trades, and I just kind of wish, like, Serge Ibaka could go on to all of them and get out of Orlando, but it's not going to. So, I mean, let some... Sorry, Spurs fans. Yeah, I, I give them a two. I give them a two. I, I, I just... I don't think this is the year. I think, you, I think you're right. They're a trade away. But I think it's going to happen next summer, and then they'll be ready to roll for 2017. So, my surprise teams, um, we'll, just, we'll, at least, we'll at least hit one. The Utah Jazz, man. Utah. I knew you were gonna say the Jazz, and I loved it. Okay. So, yeah, the Jazz played them really well last season. Uh, I think they had like one blowout, but the other games were really close. Uh, even this year, the comeback, you know, they almost almost overcame that huge lead. Uh, they're deep. They're versatile. Yeah, stifle uh, tower. Watching them, watching them just defenestrate. Uh, OKC the other day just threw them out the window. They just picked them apart without George Hill. When George Hill plays, they're formidable. They're long. They can switch everything to the perimeter. And I don't know if Golden State, you know, it's going to be opposing wills. And it's such a such a, uh, a contrasting styles. They go double big with Favors and Gobert. Golden State's going to want to go small. It's going to be amazing to see who can who can impose their will. What? So do you think that yes or no? Can they make the finals? I'm gonna say yes, and I uh, and, and I'm gonna say if healthy, honestly, you know people can hate me all they want. I think they have the best chance to upset the Warriors out of the West, out of all healthy teams. And I'll, and I'll give you a few reasons. You, you name the two bigs. It's hard to find two bigs more mobile than these guys. They don't have to play both. They can play both. Gobert is playing out of his mind. He can he he can block a lot of shots. He he's really quick favors can pound in low he can get get them in foul trouble lyles can shoot these guys can all block shots you have a plethora of six seven six eight wings which is exactly what you need against a wing heavy team like golden state Mm -hmm. you you have big defensive uh guards like exum Uh, you can play hood at point guard you play burks you could play hill um and so don't forget jingles baby jingles out there draining them (laughs) hey joe joe ingles has been outstanding lately so yeah so like him and lyle's all these guys who can bomb like like what i like are teams who can play big who can play small who can play full court and play half court and to me this team can do all that you seem to have some good synergy once you get uh hayward back at like uh, we've all been saying he's a really good player passes the ball well they got a bunch of guys who can score i outside of the argument that i gave against toronto saying how they don't have the guy the superstar and maybe that's what kind of, you know, 
uh, got my piqued my curiosity with the whole spinning George Hill for, uh, no, sorry, Paul George for uh, Hayward get, to get him in that kind of situation. But even without, I, I, I think they have a ton of talent. They're young, they're athletic, they're fast. Like, I just think they're a handful for any team to put up with. Against Cleveland, I'd give them less of a shot because of that top-end talent. But against a team like Golden State, especially if you're allowed to play a little bit more physical, they're a much stronger team than Golden State. I just see I, – I think – I agree with everything you said. I just think they'd have an outstanding shot against Cleveland too for all the same reasons. They got, they're got deep at the wings. They got size to combat uh, – uh, uh, what's your kid's name? Uh, James Kyrie. Love. No, the big the the uh, Tristan. Tristan. They have sides that can bet Tristan and and keep uh, and go, uh, off go the bear on Tristan. Bit. I'm okay with that all game. Well, hell, even if they go small and put favors on them, that's that's a you know, big strong that's, boy. That's still I think, yeah. Um, they can they got stretchy guys to you know step out there on love. So I, I really like be, them. Uh, Isn't Boris Dia there too now? Yeah, so he's there. So, yeah. so he provides. I mean, he shouldn't be playing big minutes, but he, he's a he's a good vet, you know. And come playoff times, guys like him are going to be. He's got the French connection with Gobert. Yeah, I, dude, it was. Yeah, OKC. Okay, they just ripped apart. They ripped them apart, and they're playing with such confidence. And like you said, they play. They play with a lot of force, so it's good to see. What? What? Which? What's their? Where are they on your index? I'm gonna be bullish and say seven. Wow. Yeah, and I'm saying this with my fingers crossed that they're healthy. But I guess that goes for all of them. I just think that they are a matchup nightmare for a team like Golden State. Like, they're the one team I really don't think Golden State wants to face fully loaded. I I want to say that, but I'm going to knock on wood because I want them to be healthy. And it sounds crazy because people are like, oh, they haven't been in playoffs forever. That's great. They made a lot of changes this offseason. This team this year is not the team from last nope. year. Um, that's a t- we're we're under the two minute warning. We're we're under the, the last two minutes, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna give them. Um, I, I'm gonna say I, I feel if if all teams healthy, I like them better than the Spurs. I think to get to the finals and compete. But you gave the Spurs like a I, two or that, three, didn't you? I'm just not feeling them, man. I'm not feeling when you're running David West in 2016. Oh no, I'm okay with that. A, uh, I'm okay yeah. with that call. I'm just saying if you're saying just a bit better, then uh, then you're essentially giving them a four. Well, I just said better. I didn't say bit better. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to pull them out, man. All right, Captain Maple Leaf. Don't put words in my <laughs> mouth. Um. So yeah, I just. I, I really. I. I'm being cautious about going too hard for Utah because I don't want my my host to be dashed if you know injuries keep rising up. But I'm. Re- I really feel good about them. I was saying all summer that they're going to be a top four seed, and right now they're making me look real smart. So. Uh, yeah, uh, I could see that happen, and. You know what's kind of funny? Uh, 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 this offseason, you're getting a couple free agents. Gordon Hayward's about to get paid. But it, w- wouldn't it be the funny story if KD opted out of that contract and was like, hey, it's kind of looking good there too. <laughs> you never know. It would not be funny. No, it's, that's almost as bad as a, as a 3-1 joke, bro. All right, all right. I'll, I'll give you that one. I'm just saying I just like the fit of KD on that team if you take out Hayward. But, yeah, I get what you mean. Nah, but um, yeah, I just I, yeah, I like that team. I like Hayward too. Hayward might Hayward's playing like an all star right now. Mm-hmm. He's my he's my pick. Hope he hope he makes an all star. That's exactly what you want. Um, out of an NBA wing, uh, not much going. I mean, honestly, the the stories around the NBA are kind of predicated around you know Russ mi- uh, missing a couple triple doubles. 
things here and there. Oh, that, you know what? That was supposed to be one of my quick hitters, man. Um, yeah, Russ, Russ looked really shaky last couple games, man. Do you think this is the first signs of fatigue? Uh, I think it's fatigue, but I think it's it's. I, I think he was motivated by by KD leaving and all that stuff, but I think now he's realizing that his pant uh, the cupboard's kind of bare there in terms of guys he can actually go with, and I think there's some frustration knowing that he's got to do it all, and even if he does do it all, it may not be enough. I mean, it almost is enough though. I think there were nine and two, nine and three when he had triple doubles this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I, I don't think that was the issue, but he shot over fifty percent once in the last I'm looking back it's been a while and um last six games he's shooting 40% which is it's not horrible right uh but then those last two games check this out this is bad the turnovers at least were kind of reasonable uh, that's a good thing for him but yeah he's shooting 32% his last two games well, um, all I know is that every time I watch a game with him in it, I'm the one who needs a nap after just trying to keep up with this boy. So he's yeah, a, it's 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 painful to watch, man. Uh, they just need him for so much. So let's hope they get Depot back quick and he's in in uh, to take some of that load off. And I, I think another trade's in the works for them too. Yeah, um, I was saying this in the off uh, um, as a closing remark. Uh, 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 who says no to this? Stephen Adams and Oladipo for Boogie. Um, they probably need to throw in a little bit more and maybe a pick or two, but I mean, maybe they throw in Cantor too and they take back Willie Cauley Stein, whatever. That's a huge deal. Uh, they probably have to bring another team, get another team involved somehow, but or br- I mean, bring Rudy Gay and just yeah. give him the kids. Okay. Well, here's my question over under, uh, how many games until there's a fist fight in the locker room between Westbrook and Boogie Cousins? Uh, if, if he goes to Golden State, I mean, sorry, OKC. Yeah. Oh man. Like I think that team either super gels as like the as the anti heroes with, with Russ and Boogie or they just hate each other right away. So I say there's a fist fight with oh I'll say thirty games over under. I'll say I'll say under. <laughs> I'm gonna say over. It will take to about the all star break. Right before the all star break they'll get into a fist fight. <laughs> and that's gonna be ugly. And and this is all assuming Boogie doesn't go to jail, right? It's all that stuff on the side. <laughs> Oh, no, I think they already said he's not getting charged. Oh, I guess he paid. Yeah, yeah, that already came out that he wasn't getting charged, but Matt, Matt Barnes is still under the under the microscope, I think. So. It's kind of ironic how the superstars walk while the Derek Fisher wannabes get to, get to behind bars. Anyways, guys. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> this, is, uh, this has been the away team, James and I. Thanks for listening once more. You can, as James has been saying continuously, you can join us on Twitter to debate this mind, as he said, Sporting Phil. And James is Jay Polis Hoops. Always a good follow. Funny stuff. Make you think. Make you laugh. Make you cry. That's all we do. The away team here. Nobody follow Phil. Don't follow Phil at all. He's a terrible yeah, follow. definitely don't. <laughs> on PressBasketball.com.